Recently, there's been some negative publicity regarding van life or nomad life. And I have done podcasts about this, but I think there's more to say about nomad life backlash, because that's what this is. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about how nomad life isn't pretty, or at least that's the current storyline in podcast 1051, the Bob Davis Podcasts. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about a lot. You're going to hear me say back in the world a lot. And nomads will refer to, you know, the land of the bricks and sticks or back in the world because the world here is so much different. But I have sponsors who are back in the world. One of them is Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul for home or business. One of the things about Ryan Plumbing is that they've been in business for 70 years in St. Paul, same location. And as I've often said, there is little that they have not seen when it comes to plumbing or heating problems. So when you want reliable service, you want Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul, 651-224-4771 in Minneapolis, 612-927-6488. Quality replacement and repair of all plumbing, heating, and air conditioning systems, residential and business. So it's going to have to be at least 70 degrees. We're not there yet. I'm sure we are down here. Uh, and in the places that I've been in the Southwest. But in Minneapolis, it might be a little while before you're consistently over 70. That's when you're going to get your air conditioning checked. So you should call Ryan Plumbing and Heating for an air conditioning check. The reason is all kinds of issues with that box outside all winter that can cause problems with air conditioning. So call Ryan. Check him out online at ryanplumbing.com or click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com. I am in Holtville, California, roughly, right off the 8, at a place called the Hot Springs BLM LTVA, Bureau of Land Management Long-Term Visitor Area. Usually this is, um, I, I wouldn't say it's real crowded, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. But it is really deserted right now. There's maybe five, six, seven, ten people in the whole place, and it's a big place kind of bored it's about 95 degrees out there got the doors open and you're going to hear flies because one of the drawbacks of this particular area in in any desert area in the spring is that if you're in any area with vegetation you're going to get lots of flies and some places have more flies especially in eastern california which is a big agricultural area so nyland uh, holtville all through here over to the Salton Sea and so on, you got flies. Just, it's a fact of life. And I hate flies. So that's what I'm dealing with. So here's an example of, uh, you know, nomad life not being pretty. You know, you kind of have to wait for the flies to dissipate to cook. Uh, it's getting, I'm really seriously considering just moving on because I can't, I hate these things. But this is life in the desert and this is what you deal with. So let's talk about um storylines and media i've talked about this many times and i've seen the storyline theory played out it's my theory by the way many many times on many many different levels with many many different subjects over the years either a storyline is created on social media or the media creates the storyline and then when you go against the grain in other words when you go against the storyline 
then you get hits, views, click-throughs, even things like interviews for the writers, and you get a story that is just so, sort of burned out, and then you go against the storyline, and then you're going to be on Good Morning America talking about the article that you wrote. You know, you drew this conclusion or that conclusion. And so it was with an article which, again, is making its rounds. A writer-reporter is dispatched to write about uh, a guitar-shaped pool at some hotel somewhere out west and ends up convincing her editor to, quote-unquote, let her try the van life by renting a van for a week or two and is shocked and disappointed at the so-called van life privations. Another one making the rounds is a reporter who decided to write about the so-called Nomad Mecca Slab City. I did a podcast about that, too. And this reporter found it uh, strange, dangerous, frightening, and uh, uh, sexually immoral and dirty, even violent. Slab City. And the result of that was a big BBC feature on the horrors of such places with video and uh, and and the, the writer's observations. Again, the main storyline is the Instagram, YouTube, Facebook version of van life, schoolie conversions, life on the road. Uh, however, what however you want to define it, the images beautiful young people starting out in a gleaming rig that they converted to find the mountains, the beaches, the naked hot springs, the forests, and beautiful state parks, finding themselves, and the rigs have names. Sometimes they are sumptuously decorated. You see pictures of uh, rich vegan stews and salads, naked showers at the back uh, of the truck at the beach, and there's always a guitar or ukulele strategically placed in picks. And, uh, you know, the beautiful hippie girl sits and quietly strums her ukulele. These people all talk about their goals, quote unquote, like visiting all the national parks or hitting all lower 48 or even all 50 states. And I think the, the feeling is that uh, the, the image that they want to project is an image of achieving great success with social media feeds writing songs or books many people out here that i have met this is the plan well we're gonna we're gonna do a a video channel we're gonna make money on our video channel or at least that that's the dream and a lot of it's driven by an existence of a hashtag that's really old now i mean i think it goes back to the early 2010s maybe and people have been doing the nomad thing since Jack Kerouac wrote On the Road. Since uh, guys came home from World War II and started riding motorcycles across the United States. Since uh, people uh, came home from World War I and started driving motorcycles across the United States. Since, since uh, uh, I think it was uh, Lieutenant Eisenhower took uh, a, a, you know, a convoy of cars and trucks across the nation on the new national road back in whenever 1921 or something so nomading goes back many many years and i suppose you could argue that it goes back to the pioneers although i won't make that leap because i think that's first of all that's a big historical piece and uh, that's a whole different history that requires a little bit of academic research to be able to make statements like that but anyway i digress 
this is a huge media thing, and many people have this dream of traveling. And you can put any kind of you know structure around that that you want. This is the you know this image of a carefree nomad out there going where they want to go, doing what they want to do, often in a $200,000 Ford Transit conversion or ProMaster conversion or something like that. A lot of these people started uh, their YouTube or Instagram feeds back when you could buy a conversion bed for, you know, $45,000 at best, and you could get a used one for even cheaper. You know, if you price these now, it's just ridiculous. And so now you've got the... Um, the bougie nomads driving around in uh, in in $190,000 Mercedes Sprinter vans. The reality is with all of this and it always and is everywhere true that as with people who are entertaining good things overdone and poisoned by too much exposure. And that is what has happened to the van life situation there's a proliferation of these uh, youtube channels and books and everything else now that have really kind of spoiled the image because they've they've over publicized it and i'm going to talk about that a little bit in the second half of this podcast got to practice yoga outside yesterday it was almost a, well it felt like it was 100 degrees it was probably 85 beautiful sunshine being able to do it outside the truck is great. During the winter, though, I went with BU Enterprises to learn the things I could do inside the truck to stay, at least to stay stretched out and, and, and in my body and get some relief. If you're Zoom bound, if you're home bound, if you are working from home or whatever, a lot of times we don't have time or we don't have the ability to exercise. BU Enterprises provides a whole bunch of packages that give you and your team, if you're at work, the ability to get some stretching and exercising and so forth right at the desk. The stuff really works. I did a session with Juliet, uh, I think it was like January, maybe February, and it was great. She can see what you're doing. You can see what she's doing. She has some really experienced people working with her. She can do uh, teams. They have team rates. Also discounts for the Bob Davis podcast. Just enter B-O-B Bob. And if you have a team and you want to do stuff on Zoom, she can do that. It's great. So uh, check out BU Enterprises. Check them out online at buenterprises.com or click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com. So when people find out what I do, the first thing they ask is, what's it really like living out of your van? And I find it interesting because usually they do not ask, why on earth did you decide to do this? <laughs> so what has happened is an entire media ecosystem has developed to give people advice and tell the world what it's like because almost everyone that I encounter says, boy, I'd love to do that. What's it like? And I'd have to say, I don't know how it would be for you. I know what it's been like for me. But I don't know if I could tell you what it's like. And these days, I am more interested in the why and really not anybody else's why, but my why. And I'm talking about that because I live my life 
you know, uh, quote unquote, you know, in the podcast, or at least give you as authentic of uh, a representation as I can. And I will tell you, I'm irritated by the negative publicity and the attacks on this as a lifestyle. And I think there's more to it than just, hey, I rented a van for two weeks and uh, I don't understand what this is all about. It's not that fun. It's dirty. It's this, that, and the other thing. So my situation is this. I don't have a goal to go to all 48 states, although I've been to all 48 states. I don't have a a goal to go to all the national parks. I don't really care. I've talked about this, too. I don't have a goal to find the perfect hot springs. I've just actually recently discovered hot springs, and I find them fascinating, but I'm not going to drive willy-nilly all over the country trying to find hot springs because, you know, you've seen one generally, you've seen them all. I don't have a desire to find the perfect small town to settle down. There's a lot of people that buy an RV and go out for two or three weeks and then come home to their $500,000 house in Aurora, Colorado, or Columbia, Missouri, or wherever they live. And that's okay, too, because guess what? It's The idea is it's supposed to be a free country. And many people traveled hit or miss where they went out and came back before they finally decided to cut the cord and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I don't want to be a purist about this. Oh, you're not a nomad if you don't do this and you don't do that. As far as the why, some people out here are on an adventure of some kind. Some people are desperate. They have nowhere else to go. Uh, No money. And for those people, you could say they're homeless on wheels. That's been said about people. But you know what? At least they're not hanging out on the street corner somewhere. And some of them get jobs and try to work and, and do the best they can do. And some of them are broken and find themselves eventually fixed by being out here. So there's something to it. Some people out here are looking for someone or something. And the reality of this whole thing, and this is, I'm going to speak specifically about those of us who have said, I don't have a home. This is my home. Uh, I got rid of everything. I specifically rejected a certain type of life, and I'll talk about why in a second. Uh, This is a difficult and disappointing lifestyle sometimes. Um, You know, there's a million things from getting stuck in the sand to, you know, not being able to figure out where you want to go to uh, having to move because people around you are weird or, I don't know, having uh, having to uh, eat canned food because you forgot to go to the store. Most of the time, it's the stuff that you inflict on yourself. There's a million lessons to learn about how to travel and how you function in travel. Some people do well in different ways. You know, I've learned for me, I have to think things through. I don't like thinking things through. I like to just go. And I've learned that I have to really think about where I'm going and why I'm doing it and what I expect to get. Because I'm the kind of person that someone will call and say, you know, hey, you should visit such and such a place or you should go see somebody here and I'll go and I will drive across the country. I'm not doing that anymore. And it's really hard. So I have my own struggles. But I chose this lifestyle for what it's worth, if you want to call it a lifestyle, because I wanted an alternative to what I saw as the soul-killing, workaday, suburban or urban life. And that sounds like a judgment. 
I do think that lots of people are beginning to question life back in the world. Is this worth it? What do we get out of this? And I'm, I'm going to talk about that towards the end of the podcast. I do think this is a unique time in our history where you actually have the technology to break loose and go and look for the thing that you want to look for or find an alternative lifestyle if that's what you want or whatever it is that you're looking for. And so people go to all these places. They go to Slab City and they go to these hot springs and they go to, uh, you know, these hippie camps and they go to music festivals and they do what they want to do in their search for the thing, whatever that is. Personally, I think people uh, have gone and are going batshit crazy, actually. You see it all over the world right now. And I think, to a certain degree, the really, truly sane people are the people who have said, I'm hitting the road because this is nuts. I know a Canadian fella who uh, was faced with lockdowns and went and bought a used RV and uh, climbed into his used RV and headed south to Arizona last year because he was like, I'm not going to be locked down and have to sit in my house for the next year. You know, I made the decision to do this because I, I'm not going to live that way. So I think people have various reasons for doing this. Well, then you get into this. Well, what's it like? And I have to say, for me, I am happy. I am happy every day. I sit in my chair in the sun. I make, uh, I grill steaks. I have really great meals. I've had some of the best meals, you know, out here that I've ever had, especially when there's a group of us and we are kind of cooking together and having that community. Um, you know, the hardest thing of all for me was to just sit all winter uh, in one place rather than travel just because of the high fuel prices. But I have, we all have setbacks. I've talked about this. We all have things, but... I don't feel any really any different than I did back in the world, except I have this option of going whenever I want to go, wherever I want to go. And nobody's going to say, oh, you shouldn't go there. Nobody's going to say you're crazy or whatever. I, I, if you want advice, people are happy to give you advice, but I can do whatever I want. I can get up when I want. I can, you know, and it's, once again, over and over again, that's a thing that you are constantly realizing that you have this option to do whatever you want to do. And that the rules that you live by back in the world don't apply here. Sometimes the skills or inadequacies of the world are completely reversed the things that you thought were important aren't and the things that you didn't that you could do that you didn't think were important are out here it's a whole different crazy thing and you can't i can't write you a best practices manual that says this is what it's going to be like for you and if you know, as i said in, in on one of the facebook posts about this publicity about the you know the fact that quote unquote nomad life is not pretty if you can't be dirty once in a while, if you can't climb into kind of a slimy hot springs, if you can't 
uh, get by eating corned beef hash uh, cooked on a on a iron skillet every now and then, or uh, you know sit in the rain in your truck or deal with flies, or deal with heat or deal with cold, if you can't uh, accept the fact that you're going to meet people who are way out of your comfort zone and 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 you're going to be out of their comfort zone and you got to find common ground. I mean, there's a whole list of things that if you cannot do that, if you're easily excitable, you know, then you're going to have problems. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do it, but the, the lessons that you will learn will be along those lines of the challenges that for you are the real challenges. I, I, the lessons I'm learning, and I've learned a great deal, but I would call them discoveries. I would call them personal discoveries. And for me, uh, I was always a person who, you know, I, I, I wanted to do this when I was 20, but I had a project. I was I was working in radio, and I wanted to work in radio, and that's what was required is that you had to stay in one place and work in the town. And, and so I decided to do that. So this to me is a return to how I felt when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, and just all I could do is dream about having a Dodge, you know, van. So I didn't, I had a project back in those times. So I understand people who are starting families, who have a project, they've got a job, you know, they might really enjoy the life back in the world. But I ended up finding it stultifying. And... Uh, I've discovered, I should say that I have discovered or, or been seasoned by a myriad of experiences on a day-to-day -day basis that ends up being very difficult to convert into prose for me because I don't want to just do best practices, pablum, and things of that nature. That means nothing to me and i don't think it's going to mean anything to anyone anyway in the long term since half of it is obsolete after it's done basically and i was asked recently well what would you tell people that wanted to do this i would tell people that wanted to do this what i just said first of all if if you are can't handle discomfort then you're going to have a problem i mean you're it's going to be hard and if you are willing to take that challenge on you will grow as a human being You'll, and I, I can certainly attest to that, that I have grown as a human being from doing this. You know, I wasn't forced into it. I wanted to do it. I was, I've been excited about the journey. Now, last year, the journey was, I just wanted to drive. And I've often talked about that. And so I was just thrilled to just keep driving. And I was euphoric every day. But I still had setbacks. There's work I had to get done in the truck. I spent a lot of money along those lines and everything else. And now I'm just uh, enjoying staying in one place for, you know, I don't know. I've been here four or five days, three days, something like that. I'll probably stay here a couple more days. People have come and gone. They may come back. That's neat. So you get seasoned and you grow as a human being, but then it's very difficult to explain how you've grown as a human being. And the thing that I found is you just can't listen to people out there who say what you're doing is pitiful or I'm really worried about you. They'll, they'll, you'll hear that too. I'm really worried about you. Why? Because I'm 
because you're out there with all those crazy people. The crazy people are back there. <laughs> and if you doubt that, pick up a newspaper or, or go online and, you know, uh, read the news. If you, if you think that the crazy people are out here, I got news for you. And I will say, some of the sanest people I've met are out here. And I've met people who have overcome great difficulties, emotional things. A lot of times that I'll meet people, they've suffered something emotional that has been really hard for them. And over time, it starts to go away. I've met people that are afraid of the dark, and they're not afraid of the dark anymore. Uh, I, I, I've met, and so for some people uh, that I've met, it takes great courage for them, but they're doing it because they're facing their fears. So if you're not willing to face fears, you know, and, and I'm not going to judge. Sometimes people have fears and they say, I've lived too long. I'm not going to waste my time with that now. I'm not going to face that fear. I don't need to. It's not something I need to do. But if you want to face your fears, you know, it's, it's not going to... It's not a horrible experience. It's not a bad experience. I mean, some people have had bad experiences, obviously. I I personally wouldn't recommend going with anyone. But if you've got a somebody that you are simpatico with and, and, and you've got a great deal of love and respect and you know each other well, okay, good luck. But I prefer to travel alone because it's just easier. I don't have to check in with other people. And I've told the stories about the couples that have each has a van and one goes one way, the other one goes the other way, and they meet up someplace else later on. So they, there's all kinds of ways to do it. But the bottom line is that newbies will learn lessons the hard way because that's how you learn. You're going to find out you can't do this. You can ask all the questions, do all the research, watch all the videos. But in the end, you're just wasting time avoiding the desire to go. If you do it, you're going to have many stories to tell. But I personally believe that that those who do not cut the gourd eventually and make a full commitment eventually will have a different experience. And I don't think you can keep the house, but some people do. I don't know. That's my opinion. I don't judge what other people do. I do, but <laughs> who cares? It will not and I, I emphasize this, it will not match Instagram or TikTok or, uh, you know, YouTube. You will not do everything right to the satisfaction of the guy's YouTube channel that you watch. But there are very emotional moments. There are moments of great euphoria and really real gratitude. And in the end, on a day-to-day -day basis, in a way, it's very much a dream of sorts. Because I said, you can go anywhere you want. You can do anything you want. You can see anything you want within reason if you want to go where you want to go. But it's the unexpected gifts that become the treasures. And that's the community. And it's the people that you meet that, um, you know, I met my friend Alicia, who's here with her dogs. And I met her eight months ago, six months ago. And I pull in, and I I hear this car pull up, and there's nobody here, and a honk, and I get out, and it's Alicia and the dogs. And I was like, oh, my God. So you you meet people, and you're like, oh, so good to see old friends and, and people that understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. So there's a lot of positives to this, but it's not going to match the media storyline. And it won't match the negative media storyline on being a nomad or van life or whatever you want to call it. 
And it won't match the media storyline of it being this incredible, beautiful, fantastic experience. Unless you have a lot of money, uh, unless you just happen to be lucky enough to be that couple, right? But it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be this perfect experience. It can be whatever you want it to be within reason. And that's the great thing about it. So I hope I've explained a little bit about what it's like. I mean, I don't think I can tell you what it's like. You know, it's very hard for me to explain the emotional impact of, of being able to do what you wanted to do. I am so glad every day that I don't have that duplex, that I don't have to pay rent. I am so glad every day that I don't have to sit on my deck and worry about rent or think about what am I going to do or what's this. And, you know, I don't worry about any of that. I know what I have to do. I know tomorrow I've got to go do my laundry. You know, I know that I got to go into town and get more food or I know that I have to figure out where I'm going to go next. And every night it's like, hey, come on over and have some coffee or come on over for dinner or whatever. Or you go over there or, you know, it's a it's a very social, very positive experience. And it's a learning experience every day, literally like uh, peeling an onion. But uh, it's very irritating when I know what the reality is and I never I didn't do this because I saw people on Instagram with their vans. You know, it was in me to do, right? Uh, it's just irritating that people ta take a tack from a picture, from a, a, a media construct, and then try to tear it down without really taking the time to learn it. You come out here and spend two years and then write an article about it, and then maybe you'll begin to understand it. You go to Slab City two or three or four times, and get to know people and talk to people and then you'll understand the depth of the experience that they're having yeah some of that stuff about slab city is true but i have a feeling there's much more to it and right now i would say i have a negative impression of slab city to a certain degree but nothing bad happened while i was there so all these places you get to know people and you find out what you thought was going on wasn't going on something else was going on it's a deeper understanding. And we don't have time to do that back in the world. But out here, we do. And, I mean, I could go on. There's a million little platitudes like that. It's just real hard to say this is what it's like. But fair enough to say it's not Instagram. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So let me tell you a little story about a gas station and a little convenience store that became a mecca for people in South Minneapolis. <laughs> it sounds grandiose, but it is pretty cool. So 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated community-focused refueling station at 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South in South Minneapolis, has obviously better prices on fuel because it's independent, so they pass the savings on to customers. Even at elevated prices, it's worth it. But the store is so cool. They have so many great things in there. They travel around the country. I saw those guys in the Instagram feed. Uh, Lonnie and, and uh, his guys were going to check out another store to see what it was all about and find out what they were doing. So there's always work being done on the store. Go in there and ask them about Gremlin Fest and find out if they're still going to have that. Click on the banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com, 36lin.com. Or you can click on their banner, 36lin.com, and stop by. Get some coffee. They have great coffee. Get some candy. They have great candy. They have empanadas. They have great stuff in the store. Say hello. And thanks again for sponsoring the Bob Davis Podcast, guys. I will say, 
in closing, I do think there is a certain amount of fear by, for lack of a better term, the establishment in terms of people beginning to question the lifestyle that we've all been raised with. Buy a house, raise kids, work for a company, you know, all that stuff. And businesses are struggling to figure that out. And I think there's a lot of people who are terrified that a large number of people may just decide to chuck it all and hit the road. I really don't think that's a danger, but I think that the idea that people can do this is terrifying to some people. And I think this is, this is why you're going to start to see a lot of articles written about how this isn't really a very good choice to make in life. Why, why would that be a bad thing? I don't understand why it would be a bad thing to learn by doing and to enjoy and to see the country. So thanks for listening to Bob Davis Podcast 1051. Van life is not pretty, and thank God. <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll see you again out here somewhere. 